Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host today, Kim Bilotto. We have a very special guest today, Rob Tully, who is with ExxonMobil and discussing a proposed plant for the South Texas area uh, in Gregory, Texas. But first, I'd like to bring on our resident energy expert, David Blackman. David, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, um, it, it... Going back to when you first started as our resident energy expert, and uh, you talked a little bit about politics, we talked more about energy. But it seems like since the election uh, is over and we have a new president, there just seems to be so many moving parts. And actually, the energy industry has, has quieted down quite a bit. Everybody's getting back to work. Things are getting back to normal. Things are going really great. And uh, so there's a lot more to talk about on the politics side than on the energy side. Um, and so let's talk about what's happening this week. Um, you know, we have a very important uh, resignation that occurred uh, this week. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yes. Well, the National Security Advisor, uh, Mike Flynn, resigned late Monday evening um, under pressure. He uh, unfortunately had, uh, revealed, uh, had been revealed to have not uh, been completely open and honest about conversations he'd had with uh, the Russian ambassador to the United States back in December, and uh, I guess he decided that the, the honorable thing to do would be to step aside, um, which is too bad. He's he's a you know he's had a wonderful career service to the country, and so it's too bad that he's going out on a note like that. But uh, it is what it is. So well, what do you think? What do you think led him to not be completely honest with Vice President Pence in the first place? I mean, is there anything that you uh, we should be worried about, in your opinion, that like, why would you, uh, why would this be kept a secret? And I think that's the million dollar question everybody just kind of wants to know. And of course, because it involves Russia, this is a lot different. It isn't just keeping a secret that you bought, you know, 10 extra boxes of Girl Scout cookies. This is a pretty serious. Right. Yeah. And of course, the, the concern is that he uh, had apparently, during the conversation, had spoken with the ambassador about uh, the current group of sanctions that are on that the United States has against Russia, economic sanctions and others. And, uh, you know, what the substance of that was, I, I don't have any idea. And I don't think any of that information is really public. So, I mean, I don't think we know. But uh, the concern, of course, being that he did this while President Obama was still president and whether or not he was actually, you know, interfering with with the conduct of foreign policy between the United States and Russia, which in a Republican administration is always a big deal with the news media. Uh, in a Democratic administration is, is not a big deal with the news media. So it, I, I think as a, a way of tamping down the media fear going on, uh, he was probably asked to resign. Now, um, giving uh, President Trump the, the benefit of the doubt here, these discussions occurred when President Obama was still in office. So would President Trump have necessarily known about it when he was putting his name forth? And so maybe 
uh, is this an area where possibly Trump was not aware of any of this until, just like the American people, it came out just this week? Well, that's possible. But again, I just don't think it's anything we, we're going to know anytime soon, if ever. Um, and I'm not really sure it's important in any event. It, it certainly is not a crime for an incoming uh, national security advisor to be having preliminary conversations with foreign leaders. Of course, because that was about. his job, correct, to do this, yeah. even when Obama was in office. Um, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> that was why I was curious, like, what, why is this so terrible? I thought this was part of his job. Well, I think the, the question the administration needs to figure out is who leaked the information to the news media. Because obviously there are leaks at CIA and at the State Department uh, designed to undermine the administration. and They need to find out who those people are and prosecute them and get them out of government. Right. And, you know, this is the strange thing that I don't quite understand is why the uh, Democratic Party is also not uh, very upset about this as well. Because I guess what I don't understand, David, is if the president fails, why doesn't and why doesn't this party understand the Democratic Party? We all fail if he fails. And the people elected him. And we owe it to him to give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, that's true. But, you know, I mean, I think the Democrats have taken a, a, a posture that uh, reacquiring power is more important than than the country. And uh, I don't I mean, I think that's no secret at all. And they, they openly talk about that. And so this is how they're going to behave. And uh, the administration, you know, needs to figure out a way of effectively dealing with that strategy coming from the Democrats. Right. I just wish that they would understand that it was not the Republican Party that took away all the powers that they had. It was the American people. And yeah. we are continuing to watch the display of what we really didn't want to have and continue to have happen. And so... Um, I guess, um, you know, time will tell when it comes around uh, to voting again, but I just don't see the behavior getting any better. Um, and I see that on both sides, it's it's very difficult for either one of them to get anything done on both sides, yep. Republican and Democrats. I want to jump subjects real quick and, and talk, let's get back into the energy uh, discussion. The Dakota Access Pipeline, boy, that's... That's a mess. Yeah, we have a real problem up there. It's, uh, you know, we, we have these protesters who claim to be water protectors, having created such a disaster at the protest site, uh, which is in a floodplain where they were illegally camping for the last eight months. Uh, it's on private property in a floodplain that drains into the very body of drinking water that, that the tribes and local communities around there use for for drinking water and other home uses. And um, unfortunately, they've left behind about 200 abandoned cars um, that the county and the tribes are having to try to deal with. Um, and there is a gigantic collection of garbage, about apparently 300 big garbage truckloads of trash that uh, these folks have left out there. And, um, you know, concern about human waste also uh, you know, uh, being uh, you know uh, eroded off into the into the local lake there uh, as the as the snow begins to melt, and 
it's a it's a real problem. And unfortunately, the protesters decided just to abandon the site and not pitch in to try to help to clean anything up. Well, of course not. Shouldn't surprise anybody, I guess. They're but, on um, to the next. Uh, they're on to the next problem that they're going to fix. Um, yeah. Well, I'm curious. Did you say that there are 200 cars abandoned there? There are 200 abandoned automobiles, according to the county, the the local county officials out there, that they're trying to figure out how to deal with. Uh, Most of them are broken down. And and the problem, it wouldn't be that big a problem, except that the snow has begun to melt early. And, and, you know, so instead of a snow and ice-packed, pretty firm ground out there, it's now a big, muddy quagmire. And so they're having a hard time getting tow trucks in and out of there. And um, I was just trying to wrap my mind around how does 200 people borrow vehicles to get there and how did they leave? You know, in what way did they leave the site via buses? Um, I mean, or, you know, Greyhound well, buses? Well, a lot of them were bused <laughs> in uh, and bused out of there. Um, but, you know, a lot of them drove their own vehicles out there and ran out of gas or they broke down or. You know, over the months, there's been the official estimate is there's been somewhere between fifteen and twenty thousand different people out there at any, uh, you know, at one time or another. And so, as these vehicles broke down and ran out of gas and they couldn't get fuel for them, they apparently just, you know, got rides with other people or jumped on buses that, uh, you know, that the protest groups were paying for. I mean, a lot of these people were being paid to be there and. Uh, so now that they're not being paid to be there anymore, they're finally leaving, which is you know, a good thing. The tribe's been trying to get them out of there for three months now. What a shame. Um, yeah, it's a shame. It's a real tragedy. And uh, unfortunately, the, the the conflict groups that raised several million dollars uh, you know, in their fundraising efforts related to this have chosen not to to actually pitch in to, to clean anything up. So it's it's. Uh, Do we know who these groups are situation. that have paid to have these protesters there doing? I because at first I thought we were dealing with people that. Well, I mean, we know who some of them are. We don't know who they all are. But if you go out to uh, No DAPL Facebook page and Twitter feed, you can figure out who the groups are that are supporting it. And. Uh, and have been supporting the activity, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's sad. The tribe, of course, the, the Standing Rock Sioux tribe initially invited these people in, I think rather naively last summer to support their protest effort without understanding the nature of the people that were going to be involved. And, uh, you know, now they've got this big mess that, uh, the tribe and the, the county are having to clean up and I'm sure they regret sending out the initial call to action at this point, but uh, it is what it is. Hopefully the the folks who are actually trying to clean it up can get it out of there before the, the floods really begin because, uh, I mean, every winter or every spring when all the snow melts in that area, this area where these people have been camped uh, does flood, and it drains right into that lake. So wow. It's, uh, yeah, it is a very serious problem for them. And uh, anybody who's interested in reading about this can go to two places to get a lot of information. One is is my page at Forbes.com, just uh, Forbes.com backslash David Blackman. And then the other blog that's done a great job of covering all this is called the Say Anything blog, uh, which is run by a media company up in North Dakota. And they've done terrific reporting on this situation. 
So if you're really interested in seeing films of the, of the campsite and, and and a lot of good writing about what's been going on there recently, that's that's really a great place to, to get good information. Well, David, once again, thank you for um, coming on the show today and talking to us a little bit about some politics and some energy topics, and we look forward to having you on next week again. Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, David, and thank you for being a guest today on In the Oil Patch Radio Show. We do have to take a quick break. When we return, we will have our guest today, Rob Tully with ExxonMobil, talking to us about the proposed plant in Gregory, Texas. And you're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired to the time they retire. Call 1-866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. And you're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Um, One of the guests that we have today, I'm really happy to have on our show. Today we actually get to talk about a proposed plant that is scheduled to come on with one of the largest oil companies in the world, ExxonMobil. And uh, one of their partners is going to be uh, also Saudi Arabia. And so um, the proposed site will be over 1,300 acres, and it's actually going to be near Gregory in Portland. And the site is our the plant is actually going to be a new steam ethylene cracker plant, um, and it also has three associated plants uh, that will also uh, be built with it. So it's it's really uh, my honor today to in to introduce our guest to talk to us about this upcoming plant. Rob Tully. Rob Tully is the venture executive for Gulf Coast Growth Ventures Project with ExxonMobil. So, Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kim. Uh, first of all, let me begin with you are a very interesting person in the sense that you're actually you work for ExxonMobil and you actually are over a project that we're going to get into in the show here. That's basically in the Portland. Uh, area which is near the uh, Gulf Coast of Corpus Christi. So let's start with tell us a little bit about your title, where you work, and how you're involved with this project. Sure, Kim. Well, my name is Rob Tully, and I'm the uh, venture executive for the Gulf Coast Growth Ventures Project. But I've been working with ExxonMobil for 38 years, and most of those years I've worked in chemical plants um, in Canada and across the Gulf Coast here in the U.S. So you have a lot of experience with ExxonMobil. Um, many, many years in the energy industry. And, you know, um, I have a uh, home in uh, the Coastal Bend area. It's actually near Rockport. So it's really close to uh, uh, Portland and uh, Gregory. And we actually, I do live in San Patricia County. And uh, recently, there has been a project that's been proposed to move into that general area. So I want to get into the topic. Uh, I definitely support the project. Um, for many reasons, but just one of the biggest is the economic development impact that it could provide to that much that area that is much needed. So let's begin with what is this project? What are we working on? Sure. Um, this project is a, a 1.8 million metric ton a year ethylene plant, uh, which comes along with three derivative plants, one monoethylene glycol plant and two polyethylene plants. So all of the products from this plant, will actually uh, feed the plastics industry 
and uh, they'll all be exported to uh, to the developing world, primarily uh, Asia and Latin America. So do you have any idea of the type of uh, economic development that it's going to uh, bring forth to the community? Like, let's talk specifically the sure. economic benefit. Sure. Um, first of all, the feedstock for this plant is ethane, which will come from the, the oil patch right here in Texas. So um, that the ethane will come out of the uh, the oil shale. Obviously, there's going to be uh, the need to uh, separate that ethane from the rest of the gas and uh, materials that come out of the ground and also uh, deliver it to our, our site uh, via pipeline. So there's about another two to three billion dollars of investment that's going to be required in the oil patch in Texas uh, just to get the feedstock to our plant. So and we're not going to really talk about that today, but the plant itself, um, it will generate about 11,000 construction jobs over a five, spread out over a five-year period uh, during the construction phase. And then once we actually start up and operate the plant, uh, it'll generate about 600 uh, permanent jobs in the facility and an additional 3,500 indirect jobs that come along with having a facility of this nature uh, located in the community because the people that work there obviously are going to, you know, they're going to need homes to live in. They're going to buy cars. They're going to need to buy food and, and eat in restaurants and things like that. So quite a lot of uh, employment that comes along with the project. It generates um, about $50 billion in, uh, in economic activity in the state of Texas over the course uh, of about the first 10 years of operation. And equally uh, impressing is the $22 billion that you guys are projecting for the output for just the construction phase. And just the um, construction phase, right. And, you know, Rob, I have to tell you that, um, you know, living in that area, um, we we really, in, in those small towns, uh, like I'll give you an example, uh, a little town of Baytown, which is also in San Patricia County, um, there is one small a uh, mom and pop type grocery store, uh, not even grocery store, a mom and pop type store, convenience store, and one restaurant. So having uh, these, uh, you know, having this expansion and having all of this economic growth and seeing businesses coming in and uh, it would just be a, a, a blessing in the area uh, for many, many of the residents, not to mention the property values and, and what that would mean for them. Um, and so I know that um, there's been a lot of concerns in some ways coming from certain areas, some residents. And I do want to kind of get into that because I think that with anything, um, there's always pros and cons in, in, in how uh, someone looks at uh, an opportunity. Some would look at it as an opportunity. Some are going to look at it as, uh, you know, not so much of an opportunity. But I think that it is worth exploring because the benefits uh, far outweigh any fears that might be occurring. And so when we get back from the break, I want to jump into, so what are some of the concerns coming out of that area? And you are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Hey guys, it's Terry. Thanks for joining us for another segment with Shale TV. Are you looking for an opportunity to connect with hundreds of professionals in the energy industry? How about learning current trends, which will shape every aspect of energy for years to come? Join us at Shale TV and Shale Magazine for the 2017 Women's Energy Network National Conference from April 26 to 28 at the brand new Marriott Marquis Hotel in downtown Houston. The theme of this year's conference is energy resilience, refueling innovation, 
featuring presentations and panels by industry leaders to educate you about emerging issues, to orient you to the challenges facing each sector, and to inspire you to innovate in the field. The event will include a keynote presentation from Judy Smith, the inspiration and co-executive producer of the hit series Scandal, an industry keynote panel with Elizabeth Killinger, president of NRG Retail and Reliant, Jody Markopoulos, GE Oil and Gas Chief Operating Officer, and CJ Warner, Tesoro Executive Vice President of Operations, as well as four diverse breakout tracks for you to select based on what fits your needs in the career stage. In addition, there will be mentoring circles, an expo room where you can speak with sponsors, and a LinkedIn corner where you can update your profile, speak with recruiters, and even take a fresh headshot. Registration also includes fitness events, a wine tasting area, and you can enjoy the Texas-shaped pool at the beautiful Marriott Marquis, which also hosted Super Bowl 51. You can sign up at our website at womensenergynetwork.org. As a reader of Shale Magazine, you are eligible for discounted registration. Just use the discount code SHALE when checking out. We hope you join us at the 2017 WIN National Conference. April 26th to 28th. We'll see you there. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I am your host today, Kim Bellotto, and I am interviewing Rob Tully with ExxonMobil. Rob, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Kim. Rob, um, I'm curious, what kind of safety measures will you take to protect the citizens of Gregory and Portland? Well, can we run plants similar, very similar to this safely day in and day out across the Gulf Coast? And for, for ExxonMobil, who will be the operator of this facility, um, safety is a core value for us. And we have, uh, we, we follow the uh, responsible care uh, protocols that uh, the American Chemistry Council has set up with all of its members. And within ExxonMobil, we, we call it uh, operations integrity management systems. We actually have 21 different management systems just to manage safety each and every day in our plants. And it's everything from how you, uh, how you manage risk, how you train your employees, ensuring that people follow procedures, having proper equipment inspections, um, managing changes, having proper emergency response, uh, how do you manage contract people who come into the plant and, and you need to orient them to our rules? Very extensive set of management systems that we put in place um, to keep our employees safe. And, of course, if we keep our employees safe, it keeps the community safe as well. So from an emissions perspective, um, we have to apply for a permit uh, to operate. from the And the permit is, is reviewed and granted by the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality, or the TCEQ. And that permit requires that we demonstrate that we're using the best available control technology um, to manage emissions from the plant. It also requires that we meet national ambient air quality standards. And it also requires that we conduct a series of health effects screenings uh, that look at over 4,000 different potential chemicals, identify which ones could come from your plant, and then require that you do a health effects screening to determine the uh, potential impact of any of those uh, materials on the health and on uh, vegetation, on odors, um, a very extensive uh, review that's required. The TCEQ reviews all of this, 
they may request, and they usually do request, you make a number of changes to your permit application, but, and ultimately they will determine uh, the requirements that we need to meet in order to build and operate this plant. And so you guys, um, ExxonMobil already has other types of facilities like this operating already in the yeah. United States, as you stated. So uh, also, I think an important note is ExxonMobil has one of the best, if not the best, record of, of being just a good solid company, a safe company. Uh, you know, the, you don't have a, a an issue with, uh, I don't think anyone that knows ExxonMobil in the name, they do understand it is a quality company uh, that does take into consideration their name, the safety of the employees and the community. It's a really good operator. It always has had a really good name. And it's not a, a company that is fairly new to uh, to the community and is not very, m- not a lot of people really know who the company is. Uh, I think everybody knows who ExxonMobil is. And I think the other point is that, you know, our listeners are very familiar being in uh, the areas of the oil patch or uh, in Eagle Ford or in Houston. Uh, we all get and understand that, you know, there's two regulatory arms in Texas that work really well to make sure that not only can they uh, regulate, you know, oil and gas, but they also do a great job of, of protecting the community and their safety. So everything is looked at from that end. And so the Texas Railroad Commission and TCEQ, the Texas Commission on Environment and Quality, are two very, very well-respected agencies. And so when they give the green light, it's with that you know, understanding that um, we've checked out everything and it is a great opportunity. Um, and so we, we, we're recommending you guys moving forward. Um, when we get back, we're going to uh, break. When we get back, I want to talk about the jobs because that's really like an exciting thing is the jobs um, and the uh, type of jobs that can come. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656 and let's talk. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can always email me. A Bailey at KalegAuto.com. That's A Bailey, B A I L E Y, at Kalig, K A H L I G, Auto, A U T O.com. I look forward to seeing you down the road. And we're back. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Rob 
Tolly. And Rob, before the break, we were talking about um, the requirements that Exxon will need um, and uh, the permitting that's going to come out from TECQ. Um, but I do want to get into something very exciting, which is the jobs that could uh, come and the type of uh, economic benefit that's going to come from uh, this facility. So let's start with, uh, tell us the type of jobs that can be created and um, are there any areas you look at that the, the type of uh, income that can be made off of these types of uh, positions and jobs? Yes. Well, Kim, there's going to be over 600 permanent jobs created in this facility. And when you think about it, this is a, a brand new facility. So we're starting with a with basically an open field. Um, so to run this plant, you need everybody from process operations technicians to operate the equipment. You need maintenance technicians. So welders, pipe fitters, boiler makers, electricians, analyzer technicians, instrument technicians who really maintain um, and install the equipment. Uh, we're going to require engineers, um, managers, uh, administrative assistants. We'll have um, a medical staff. We'll have a, a law staff, public affairs staff. So it's a full range of, uh, of positions that are required to run a facility like this. The average uh, salary of those positions is about $90,000 a year. So we're talking about just great jobs coming into the community. You know, at a time where it looks like uh, the energy energy industry is starting to, um, you know, rebound, um, these jobs, and especially at that rate in South Texas, is um, a really uh, a great thing. It's not always that easy to find those type of great paying jobs. And I know that there's a lot of people that are out of work that are, you know, trying to get back into um, oil and gas. And so this couldn't be coming at a better time for, frankly, South Texas and, of course, uh, that area. Um, but I want to uh, change gears just a little bit. Let's talk about the timing of this. So, like, what is the next steps for uh, the timing on this project going forward? Well, where we sit right now is we are very close to making a final decision on the site. So while the Gregory Portland site is, is our preferred uh, site, there are others being considered. Uh, we're really working through with the local county commissioners and the local school board a series of, of uh, decisions that they need to make around tax abatements, which are really state incentives uh, that encourage us to locate in the state of Texas as opposed to Louisiana or any other state. Uh, once those uh, uh, bodies have made their decisions on, uh, on, the, on the abatements, then we will make our final decision on the site location. Um, we hope to have that decision uh, made by the end of the first quarter, but we don't you know, we, we're not the ones making all those decisions. So that's our, our hope that we, we get to that decision point by then. Uh, once that happens, we would then submit the permit application. And as you know, that's uh, to the TCEQ. And as you know, that's a, a process that takes about a year for the evaluation. It's a public process. There's opportunity for people to comment uh, throughout the process. Uh, and uh, assuming we get through uh, a positive uh, final decision, we would receive a permit sometime uh, in the first or second quarter of 2018. And that's really what would drive the final decision to, to uh, build the facility. Uh, certainly, each step that you take, we're one step closer to building it. But there's a number of decisions that need to be made, both by ourselves and by uh, other governmental bodies along the way. Very interesting. Did I uh, read uh, somewhere, I don't know if it was on social media or in uh, the newspaper, did San Patricia County, I think, give approval um, and gave their blessing? Uh, we just met with the 
city of Gregory, uh, the council for the city of Gregory last uh, earlier this week, and they uh, they passed a resolution supporting uh, the project. Um, so we're very pleased to, uh, to to have their support. I think this is something that all the listeners are very uh, interested in. What kind of outreach? are you going to do to the community to explain this amazing project? So we've been meeting with uh, groups, I, I think we've, uh, throughout the, uh, the area, uh, in Portland, in, uh, in Gregory, and in the, in the general area, uh, to basically to sell, share the facts about the project so that people understand what it is we're building, where we want to build it, how we manage safety, uh, the things that we need to go through, the permitting process, uh, and to answer their questions. And uh, we've had uh, over 60 of these meetings uh, over the last uh, couple of months. And uh, we've also opened up a, a storefront on uh, Wildcat Drive uh, in Portland uh, where people can drop in and uh, and take a look at, you know, we have some kind of conceptual renderings of what the project or the plant would look like. Uh, we have our, our folks staffing the office so they can have, people can ask questions and, and find out a little bit more about the project. And in addition, we have a Facebook page and a website where people, if they want to meet with us and uh, have a small group meeting where we can sit down and, and hear any questions they have and any concerns they may have and then share information about the project, um, we're happy to do that. So, Well, Rob, the, you know, you're, in a, you're bringing up a great point. You guys have the ability uh, through social media and through a physical location to get anyone who might have questions uh, about this project, uh, get them the answers they need. So before we close, would you mind giving us the website and the Facebook page so that way anybody interested in more information or even, you know, potential job opportunities, um, where where would we send our folks? So the uh, the website is www.gulfcoastgv.com. And the address of our... Uh, of our office is, uh, we get this 1512 Wildcat Drive in Portland, Texas. And uh, just so you'll know, after we uh, air, we'll podcast and any of our listeners can go to uh, our website and there we'll have more information on where they can contact uh, you and uh, your team to get any additional information that they might need. Rob, I want to thank you today for being a guest and uh, coming and telling us about this very important project that, uh, again, I wholeheartedly support and endorse. Uh, Quite frankly, that area needs the jobs. This is a great company, been around for a very, very long time, has a great track record, and uh, this is something that would really help this community grow. And so... uh, We hope to see you in uh, 2017 Breaking Ground. And once again, thank you for being a guest on In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Well, thanks for the opportunity to speak with you, Kim. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Amerijet's global cargo network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. With over 40 years of experience in the energy industry, we will help drive your excellent performance. Shipping general cargo, oversized, heavy lift, hazardous material, or mission-critical cargo? Amerijet is your full-service logistics provider, offering air charter, airport-to-airport, cross-border trucking, and express shipping. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S. with more than 625 destinations worldwide. We provide global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Your company will benefit from compliance with the highest safety and environmental standards, 24-7 security and surveillance, and online tracking. 
Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. For the best in customer satisfaction, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Once again, that's 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com. Hey guys, it's Terry. Thanks for joining us for another segment with Shale TV. Are you looking for an opportunity to connect with hundreds of professionals in the energy industry? How about learning current trends, which will shape every aspect of energy for years to come? Join us at Shale TV and Shale Magazine for the 2017 Women's Energy Network National Conference from April 26 to 28 at the brand new Marriott Marquis Hotel in downtown Houston. The theme of this year's conference is Energy Resilience, Refueling Innovation, featuring presentations and panels by industry leaders to educate you about emerging issues, to orient you to the challenges facing each sector, and to inspire you to innovate in the field. The event will include a keynote presentation from Judy Smith, the inspiration and co-executive producer of the hit series Scandal, an industry keynote panel with Elizabeth Killinger, president of NRG Retail and Reliant, Jody Markopoulos, GE Oil and Gas Chief Operating Officer, and C.J. Warner, Tesoro Executive Vice President of Operations, as well as four diverse breakout tracks for you to select based on what fits your needs in the career stage. In addition, there will be mentoring circles, an expo room where you can speak with sponsors, and a LinkedIn corner where you can update your profile, speak with recruiters, and even take a fresh headshot. Registration also includes fitness events, a wine tasting area, and you can enjoy the Texas-shaped pool at the beautiful Marriott Marquis, which also hosted Super Bowl 51. You can sign up at our website at womensenergynetwork.org. As a reader of Shale Magazine, you are eligible for discounted registration. Just use the discount code SHALE when checking out. We hope you join us at the 2017 WIN National Conference, April 26th to 28th. We'll see you there. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656, and let's talk. Join T the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition as we travel to the Texas Capitol to support energy and meet with legislators. The energy industry supports our local and national economy, and now we want to support it. Show your support of energy in America by joining us for the Citizens for Energy Day on February 22, 2017. To sign up and attend, please visit teak.shalemag.com. That's T-E-A-C dot S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. We'll see you at the Capitol. And we're back, and you're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. You know, our guest today was Rob Tully, the venture executive for the Gulf Coast 
Growth Venture Project. Whew, what a title with ExxonMobil. I really feel that having him on the show to discuss the importance of the project and how all of really South Texas can benefit. And this is even a, a win for, for Texas, uh, in my opinion, as well. But the amount of economic development that's going to occur, as well as just the high-paying jobs that are going to come into uh, the area are so important. And so I look forward to this project moving forward. Um, but I do want to change gears just a little bit because along with having this very important project being built in uh, the South Texas area, there's also uh, something very near and dear to my po- my heart, which is um, the TEAK, Texas Energy Advocates Coalition Day, that's right around the corner. You know, um, day in, day out, tell me if you feel this way. Sometimes um, you wake up and you wonder, you know, why should I even... Uh, bother going and voting or why should I even bother um, um, taking a stance on something or maybe you find yourself going to Facebook and and logging something in that's uh, expressing your emotions and your feelings because you're hearing things that um, are happening in our great state of Texas and you're you're not so happy with it or maybe you're really happy with it and you want to tell everybody that you're really happy with a law that changed or something that has changed uh, there at the um, at, at, in, at our state capitol there in Austin. You know, the one thing that I know is how important it is to have my voice be heard. You see, I do participate in going and voting for all of my elected officials. And for me, it is important that I use the right that I was given from birth to vote and to have my voice be heard. And you know, the other part of this is that I believe that the elected officials that we put in office, rather it's at the federal government or at our state capital, they want to hear from their constituents. And this is why TEAK is so important to all of us. And we should get involved with the TEAK Day, which is scheduled for February 22nd, 2017. Why I think that it is so important for us to have our voice be heard have our elected officials know that their constituents are there and they have something to say, especially when it's coming down to a very important topic, the topic of energy. Because, you know, we all kind of know that energy relates back to every single one of our businesses. After all, we do live in Texas and Texas is heavily supported by oil and gas. Energy is extremely important in this state. If energy is not doing well, prices are low, it isn't just the energy industry that's affected in a negative way. We all are. And we saw it just this past couple of years with hotel stays being down, uh, restaurants weren't, uh, you know, um, we weren't going out to eat as much, uh, commodities were not being purchased, uh, retailers felt the pinch. We all feel the pinch. And so the point is, is that on Teak Day, it gives us an opportunity to go to cap the Capitol together and talk to our elected officials about how much we support energy and how much we know it supports the state of Texas. It's going to be a fun day. It's going to be a day where we actually get to go and shake the hands of our elected officials that we put there. We get to actually have them come and speak to us at the Capitol steps. And we also get an opportunity to come together and to network our businesses with each other as well. So I encourage you 
Have your voice be heard. This will be an important day for us all. Please join us. It's free. It doesn't cost anything to attend a Teak Day. All you have to do is go to our website, shellmag.com, click on the Teak button, sign up. It's free. So come down, join us in Austin for the day. Have a great day of meeting and greeting the elected officials and having your voice be heard. I hope that I'll see you in Austin on February 22nd, 2017. And now I'm sure you guys know what time it is. That's right. It's time for trivia. Be the first guest to email us at radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shellmag.com. The first correct answer will win a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao. Here's the question. What was the company that was proposing this project in the city of Portland? Remember, first correct answer emailed to radio at shellmag.com will win a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao. And with that, that's all the time we have for this show today. Until next week, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.